Morning, everyone. Welcome to the Lord's House for worship today. For several weeks, we've been looking at John chapter 6. Jesus is the bread of life, and we've studied it from various aspects. And today, it comes together so that we see exactly what God is offering us in Jesus. Dessert. Order of service is found in your worship folder. Let's begin at this time with our opening hymn, 283. grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. Beloved in the Lord, the Lord has provided for us so generously that we can genuinely pray with the psalmist that our cup overflows. In the face of such overwhelming care and love from God, let us honor him and admit their sinful misuse in our hearts and from the overflow of our lives. Heavenly Father, for failing to spiritually digest Jesus as the real food of life for my life, forgive me. Spirit of truth, 
for savoring the unfulfilling and uninspired messages of the world. Have mercy on me. Lord Jesus, for grumbling against the meal of faith, you labored so selflessly to prepare for me. Forgive me. God, our Heavenly Father, has been merciful to us and has given his only Son to be the atoning sacrifice for all of our sins. Therefore, as a called servant of Christ, and by his authority alone, I forgive you all of your sin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. For all that we need in life, and for the wisdom to use all your gifts with gratitude and joy, hear our prayer, O Lord. For the steadfast assurance that nothing can separate us from your love, and for the courage to stand firm against the assaults of Satan and every evil, hear our prayer, O Christ. For the well-being of your holy church and all the world, and for those who offer here their worship and praise, hear our prayer, O Lord. Merciful God, maker and preserver of life, uphold us by your power and keep us in your tender care. The works of the Lord are great and glorious. His name is worthy of praise. God, you give eternal life to all who eat the body and blood of your Son, Jesus. Give us faith that will never be ashamed of him, but will take courage from his presence in our lives, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. First lesson today is from Proverbs chapter 9. Notice how in general... This food was offered and promoted in the Old Testament too. Look what wisdom does. It goes up to the highest place in the city or in the town so that everybody can see it. And then it projects out to the whole community. Come, come here. Come to this place to have what God has to offer. Wisdom is not ashamed of what it has to offer, nor is the Christian for the wisdom God gives him or her. Instead, we digest it, take it to heart, and stand fast in it and proclaim it to all who will listen. We read, Wisdom has built her house. She has set up its seven pillars. She has prepared her meat and mixed her wine. 
She has also set her table. She has sent out her servants and she calls from the highest point of the city. Let all who are simple come to my house. To those who have no sense, she says, come, eat my food and drink the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways and you will live. Walk in the way of insight. This is the word of our Lord. Continue with the anthem.
Please stand. The Gospel this morning from John chapter 6. Jesus said, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Then the Jews began to argue sharply among themselves, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died. But whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. This is the gospel of the Lord. Please be seated for hymn 185. Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, your fellow believers in Him. The greatest dessert that was ever offered to me happened, I must have been four or five or six years old. 
I, some friends were over my age, whether they were cousins or friends, I don't remember. We had just finished either lunch or dinner, and my dad brings out two different brand new sets of cookies from the grocery store. He begins to open the one, and they're little like vanilla wafer circle type things. And he opens this up and shows us that, and then he opens the other one, which are those windmill type cookies, two to three inches, maybe four inches long, two inches wide. And he sets them before us and he says, now kids, you can either have two of these little circle cookies, or you can have four of the windmill cookies. And immediately you heard a scoff from my mother. She knew exactly which one we were going to choose, and so did my father, for that matter. I mean, what kid in their right mind in seeing the small size of these little circle cookies versus these huge windmill cookies? And I think back then, they were even bigger than what they are today. They were absolutely right. Each of us stepped forward in turn. We made our decision. We chose those windmill cookies and we feasted on a fantastic dessert that day. So many that were bigger than our hands could hold almost. For the last several weeks, we've been looking at John chapter 6, this crowd that rode all the way to Capernaum on the northwest side of the Sea of Galilee. And they're standing before Jesus after finding him. And there's been a little bit of a back and forth between the crowd and and Jesus. Jesus offered them the appetizer of the miracle the day prior, and they were supposed to see that there's something more to him. Then he led them in the discussion to desire something more, something spiritual, food that lasts, and he served them up the main course, which we looked at last Sunday, and he showed them that he's the bread of life, the food that's come down from heaven. He's the one who's going to go to the cross. He's the one who's going to die for them. He's the one who's going to win forgiveness and, and bring this meal to the world. He's teaching them to eat this, drink this, take it in, and feast on Christ. Did you notice though, over the last couple of weeks as we've read through John 6, there's been something more? It's not just an appetizer. It's not just the main course. But that when Jesus offers the main dish of salvation and the work that he's going to do for every sinner, right on that same plate is dessert. <laughs> now who does that? <laughs> dessert is supposed to be something that's served after the main course, after somebody finishes the main thing and maybe they finish their, their vegetables or whatever's put on there. You... Don't serve dessert simultaneously with the main course. If Jesus would have done this that day with my father, my mother would have just blown her top and been livid. She would have known exactly what her kids would have done. They would have dived right into the dessert before touching anything else. But that's exactly what God does for sinners in the gospel. When he offers us the gospel, the main dish of Jesus, the bread of life, who does all of the work of salvation for every single sinner and for free, and he offers it to us by grace, right along with it, you need to see exactly what God is giving to you along with Jesus. It's tremendous. It's four times at least in this little section we have today. Jesus says, whoever eats this bread will live forever. 
Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood, that's the main course, has eternal life. And then he adds, and I will raise them up at the last day. Very truly, I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. But that makes the opposite true. If you drink this and eat this, you have life in you. And finally, in verse 57, the one who feeds on me will live because of me. That's what I call dessert. That's an incredible dessert. From what Jesus offers you in the gospel, not just that he is going to do salvation and be your substitute, but that he adds on all of these promises. This is something even more tremendous than four huge windmill cookies. You get to live. You get to live forever. You get to live with God, which is not something down the road. It's something right now through faith in Jesus. Christ lives in you, partners with you, goes with you, gives you strength through his word, sustains you, and then he adds on the greatest promise here. He's going to raise these feeble bodies that go down to dust. He's going to raise your body and mine and raise it from the dead to live with him for body and soul. In an incredible resurrection, you are going to know the power of Christ's resurrection in your own skin. You, you, you don't get that if you're still carrying around the weight of sin separated from Christ. You're never going to see that if you're not connected to Jesus. You will not have this if you refuse this meal of Christ. You will not taste this dessert if you walk away from His Son. You will not get the power of the resurrection. You will not experience the muscle of God's might on that great and glorious day if you are not connected to Jesus through faith. This is the one meal. Jesus Christ is the one who came down from heaven, the one and only dish who serves up for you something so spectacular, something so filling, something so meaningful, something that means something to you and to the Lord and offers you such incredible dessert that you will get to delight in that forever. There's really only one application. Can you please come and eat? Come and eat. Eat Christ. Drink Christ. Eat Jesus and live forever. Feast on this as the greatest wisdom and love this as the tastiest thing you could ever have. A pastor friend of mine took somebody out to lunch, out to a restaurant. They walked in, they sat down at one of those circular tables and uh, immediately they noticed something going on in the near vicinity. There, there was a mom who had a four or five or six year old child at that table. And the mom was fighting combatively, in a sense, with her words, trying to get her boy to eat 
the meal. And he did not want to touch that plate. He did not want whatever the dish was. He did not want what the vegetables were. And he was bucking it. He was throwing a tantrum. He was... Everybody in the restaurant could hear this. On and on. The only thing he wanted was dessert. And he wanted a specific... He wanted ice cream. That's it. After being on pins and needles for so long, the mom finally, embarrassed, caved in, ordered up some big ice cream treat. A couple minutes later, it was brought, set before the child, and without skipping a beat, that kid grabbed that spoon and started feasting on that ice cream over and over again and scarfed that thing down, never once, never once digging into that plate that was before him. Never ate any of the main course, never ate any of the veggies. Parents, please don't let your kids do that. Because then you're not teaching them to understand how God works. Because God will never do that. God will never, ever act the way that mom did. The crowd that's before Jesus in this section of John is throwing a tantrum. They're, they're clearly upset by what Jesus has been saying. In fact, the NIV here says they started arguing sharply among themselves. The Greek word is a little more vivid. It's a battle. They're battling among themselves. They're battling on the different points of what Jesus has been saying through this. And maybe they like one of them and they don't like another one, but they're all disagreeing on what they like and don't like from what he's saying. They can't even agree on what they like and don't like. The one thing they're united is they can't eat this meal. Battling back and forth with each other. In all of this, do you understand the one person in the lesson who's not throwing a tantrum? And there's no battle with him. It's Jesus. He's standing there before them, grounded, not changing a thing. He's not caving into their tantrums. He's not giving them something else to eat. He's not going to give them more miracle food that he did the day before. They're not getting any more bread. They're not getting any more fish. They're not getting any other kind of meal that, or plate. He's not going to compromise this meal of salvation, this heavenly food. It's this dish or nothing. That's it. Take it or leave it. And do you know what they did? They walked away. They walked away that day and they received nothing. They got no life. They got no dessert. They didn't get to live forever. They were not connected to the resurrection through faith in Jesus Christ. They did not eat this food. There was no forgiveness of sins that God granted them that day, even though in Jesus, he wanted them to have it. What a waste! They were just like their forefathers, and they would die without dessert in the desert of their own sin. That's a warning for all of us. As Christians, what it means to be a Christian in its most basic form, and that's what John 6 is talking about, is that we trust Jesus. This section is not talking about having the Lord's Supper, even though there are overtones that seem to make it think that way. This section is not about the Lord's Supper, even though it says eat and drink. It's just talking about trusting Jesus by eating what he has to offer, salvation. That's what he's come to provide. 
As Christians who trust Jesus, we want what he offers. We want the word. We crave the word. And so as Christians, we want what the word says. We want it for ourselves. We want to put this into practice. We don't just say, I trust Jesus, but I don't want the rest of the Bible. I have a personal relationship with Jesus, but, but I'm going to use that as a reason to not follow what Jesus says or, or do it. That's not how it works, but that's what the crowd is saying in a small way. After they walk away from Jesus that day, Jesus turns and he looks at the few that are remaining. He looks at his disciples right after this. And he says, you don't want to leave too, do you? You know who stepped up? Peter. Peter spoke up and he said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. He said, you're the main course. It's your words that we want to feast on, and it's you who are the dessert. You're the one who offers us eternal life. Why on earth would we desire anything else? That's everything we need for body and soul. You're the one we want. You're the full course meal in every single way. You're the one God sent. Boy, it's, it's not appropriate for us to just kind of nibble around the edges then of this meal. That's not the Christian life. It's not appropriate for us to look at Jesus as some kind of pizza and the way some people eat pizza is they eat just the tomato sauce stuff and then they throw the crust in the garbage. No, we eat the whole thing. We don't, we don't look at Jesus the way the crowd did, which is cannibalistically, as something disgusting, as as something to walk away from, as something that we know better? If that's what people are going to do and pick and choose again, you will get exactly what this crowd received. You will receive the same judgment. But instead, Jesus to sinners, the same sinners as them, leads us back to this gospel. He leads us back to what he has to offer by grace. And he says the same thing to us. He doesn't change the meal. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. When you trust Jesus today by this gospel, you have right now eternal life. And it's yours for the rest of your life into eternity. And I will raise them up at the last day. For my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in them. That's, that's dessert. That's a dessert that offers you everything you need. The forgiveness of sins. A substitute for all of your sin. The promise that God is your God, that he will raise you from the dead, that he will bring you to heaven. This is what's best for your soul. This is what's best for your children. This is what's best for your cousins and your loved ones. This is what's best for your parents. Come and eat.
It's that time of year again where we are very, very much gearing up for the uh, beginning of a Lutheran elementary school. We're gearing up for choir to start. We're gearing up for Bible studies and offering this food over and over again to people. If you have been struggling with whether or not to join choir, and maybe you haven't, but maybe you've been wondering, is this the year? Please, make it the year. Make it the year to join choir. Do you know what happens when you practice? You get to stew on these words from these songs, and you let them feed your own soul. And then you know what you get to do when you sing for the congregation? You get to offer that as a meal and dessert to the people of God and let them feast on it. It's an incredible meal. It's an incredible opportunity for you to grow, even in choir, and then help the congregation grow. If you haven't been in Bible study for years, or if you've missed out in Bible study for a year or two, make the year to get back in. Make it the year to restart. In the back, where the bulletins are, we put together a trifold of all of the Bible study offerings we're, we're giving this year. Various nights during the week and on Sunday morning. All kinds of opportunities for you to grow, to feast on Christ. Why? Because any shepherd, what they want for their people is to see the incredible dessert your heavenly Father is offering to you over and over again. And what any pastor wants is for you to say, you know what, maybe this is my year to eat a little more dessert and to feast all the more on what Christ has to offer. Eat Christ. Live forever. It doesn't get any better than that. Amen. Please stand. May the peace of God which surpasses our understanding guard and keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We join in the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God begotten, not made, one being with the Father, through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became fully human. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who in unity with the Father and the Son is worshiped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church, we acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. This time the ushers bring the offering forward.
Heavenly Father, we praise you for the bread of life, for planning this entire meal, for freely offering it to us and saving us by it. Today especially, we thank you for all the dessert you offer in it. Sustain us by this miracle food and bless us to bring others to your heavenly meal. Lord, in a few days, Janice Hoppy is undergoing surgery. Lord, she trusts you and looks to your mighty hand to protect her through it. Junior Gum successfully underwent surgery a few days ago, and we thank you for blessing everything and bringing him safely through and for his care your careful watch over his life. For the spiritual surgery you will do in just a little bit this morning on Briar Bull, for creating faith in her heart and powerfully partnering with her going forward, Lord, we stand in awe. Help her to feast by faith on your grace all her days. We also pray for your blessing on the start of our school year here at uh, St. Paul's as well as Martin Luther College starting tomorrow. It's in your name we pray these things as we now join to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Praise to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ in love. He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. He sends the Holy Spirit to testify that we are his children and to strengthen us when we are weak. Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and thanks and honor and glory forever and ever. Christ on the night he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and gave it to his disciples saying take and eat this is my body which is given for you do this in remembrance of me in the same way after supper he took the cup gave thanks and gave it to them saying drink from it all of you this is my blood of the new covenant which is poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me and the peace of the Lord be with you always
congregation may be seated. Please follow the direction of the ushers for the sacrament.